0: returns to pay-per-view this coming weekend. It is on Sunday, as to remind our listeners, not Saturday, but Sunday. It is in San Francisco, and it is Revolution. Uh, So with that, we welcome back to the program one of my friends from SNME Radio, Joe Aguinaldo. Joe, how are you doing? I'm good.
1: I called you this before when we tried to call before, but I'm going to call it to you again because you are a double sexy beast.
0: (laughs) Appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, uh, eight matches have been announced for the pay-per-view thus far, uh, which seems a little lighter on an AEW card, but I guess when one of those matches is an Iron Man, it kind of makes sense, uh, the main event, of course. Oh, it, man. Eight <laughs> is good. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. <laughs> eight
0: is enough, as they say. Uh, Just announced this past week will be the no-holds-barred match between Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Uh, Christian did cut one hell of a promo on the Go Home show this past week, Uh, but I'm kind of over this feud already. Um, What have you thought about the overall build for this
1: one? Um, I I don't mind the build because I do appreciate the long-term story perspective of it from Jungle Boy going after Christian, after Christian comes back. I mean, it had to happen, you know, after he got he got beat at the last pay-per-view by Christian.
0: And, and now this is, you made a good point about uh, the last match, in quotes. Um, it wasn't really a match. It was more of an angle at the all-out pay-per-view. And given that this is their first kind of one-on-one uh, encounter, one-on-one match, do you expect it to go post-revolution, like to continue, or do you expect it to be one and done here?
1: I thought Jungle Boy was going to win, but after Christian's promo on Wednesday, I kind of hope he win, continue this and do a bit more of a bigger blow-off somewhere down the line. Um, you know, if 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 they, if they had been having this program, if Christian hadn't got hurt, because I think he was injured, if he hadn't gotten hurt, yeah, this should be the blow-off. But really, this is really the start of it, if you, if you really think about it. Very, very true. Um,
0: yeah, I, I guess I can see that. But, uh, like, I mean... Who knows how many years Christian has left? Uh, I, I'm not like if he puts Jungle Boy over, I'm all in favor of that. I think Jungle Boy is is somebody that should be advancing up the card, but um, we'll we'll see what they do with with them from here. Um, I, I kind of lost interest, to be honest, after the all out um, the all out thing. It was uh, it was one of the matches on that card that I was really looking forward to, and it kind of just left me with a sour taste in my mouth.
1: Like, he's definitely cooled off, and I think that doesn't help, right? And, like, you know, to your point, I I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jungle Boy wins or Jack Perry, whatever they call him. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins because it does make sense that you want to start pushing Jack Perry, and that's sort of, you know, what he said, his promo about wanting to get a title in 2023. But, again, because Christian got hurt, I, I see Christian get this win through, you know, even if it's through some nefarious method, uh, and then you know Jack Perry gets his come up. somewhere down the line. It'll be the Elite being challenged
0: by House of Black. This could be a very strong match, and I can see it opening the show actually. But does it seem to you that the Elite have been kind of in a holding pattern lately until bigger challenges emerge? And uh, that's no disrespect, of course, to House of Black.
1: See, it's funny you say that because I kind of want House of Black to win. But I think the Elite are better served not as a trios. I think you want to have Kenny in the singles uh like you you want to have them as a single either at or near the top of the card and having them together as trios champions that's great i'm not i'm not not knocking it but i think um you know if you put it on house of black you help help elevate them and you know then you can get kenny omega into a singles program with someone and you can get the the young bucks back into the title chase one thing that i wanted
0: to get kind of your opinion on and and this is something that i think a possible direction that they could go with the elite uh if they retain the trio's titles and uh it hasn't really been talked about but i think there's a connection with hangman page facing moxley on this show is that maybe they do the blackpool combat club as the next challengers i think that could be a real marquee match and um i mean knowing aew they they typically give away these matches for free on TV, but hopefully, I, I'm hoping that they give that one for pay-per-view at some point.
1: You know, that's actually a really good point, but I'll, I'll do you one better. I think Blackpool Combat Club versus either of these teams. So, in terms of a pick, I'm picking House of Black, but, uh, again, I I wouldn't uh, be shocked if the Elite retained
0: AEW apparently likes things in threes because then we have the triple threat for the women's title. Uh, it'll be Jamie Hader and her two challengers, Ruby Soho and Soraya. Does this really need to be a triple threat?
1: Uh, no, not really. I think I think this is to get people on the card. <laughs> um, look, I, I love Jamie Hader. Okay, I like Soraya. I like I like Ruby Soho, and I was perfect. Now again. My own sensibility, though, let's get this out of the way, is that I tend to be an older guy, and I would rather see your titles being, uh, like, contested between, like, two people. And we'll talk more about this when we get to the tag match. Don't you worry. So, <laughs> I was out It was Jamie Hayter versus Soraya, and then, like, I, again, I get why they're throwing Ruby Soho in. There's a bit of a story there, but... I am just not a big fan of like multiple people title matches. So I, again, I, I I don't doubt this will be a bad match. I you know, and I think like again, haters over. Yeah. I, I think Soraya's coming into her own as a heel because she's very hateable right now, and people want to see what happens with the Ruth Doho. Um, so like that's cool. But yeah, I'm just not into the triple threat thing. AEW is kind of famous for
0: these one-off programs, but the one guy in the promotion that I've noticed that seems to be involved in long-term feuds is Chris Jericho, including the one uh, coming up, uh, culminating in the match against Ricky Starks on Sunday. Uh, Starks looks like he has a rocket strapped to his back right now, and um, it, is it time for him to even advance even further
1: up the card by winning this match, or do you see this one continuing as well? No, I think Ricky Starks has to win this one. I mean, he he won the first one... And Jericho always wins because of some sort of interference from the JAS. Even, even like, look at this past Wednesday where you know the JAS beat him down. My, my, my bigger issue with Ricky Starks, and again, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty and all that stuff. Like when he got when he, he got that match with uh, MJF a couple weeks ago, excited. So but at the same time, I'm like, MJF just won the thing, so Ricky Starks is not winning, right? So, I I hope that like. Ricky Starks wins, and they start a slow build for him towards the top, dude, like MJF or an Orange Cassidy or, or or Samoa Joe or whatever, like that. Like I think I think you really need to start building this guy, um, and, and not not just this guy, but all the younger stars. You don't want to hot shot them into title shots. You want to get get them on some runs where they where they beat a number of challengers, and then you start talking about a title. So I think I hope that this is the next progression. Uh, of Ricky Stark's ascension in AEW. I know a lot of people rag on Jericho for being older or, you know, he's he's taking advantage of the younger guys, whatever, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, Chris Jericho is one of the best to ever do it. He's been doing it for the last, you know, decade, right? But ultimately, you know, Jericho to me, and, and again, this, there's nothing wrong with this. So if there's anyone who's like really big AEW fans, I'm, I hope you don't think I'm insulting AEW. But ultimately, I think Jericho is going to, quote unquote, go back home and, 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 you know, retire in WWE, it just makes sense because the guy spent, you know, however long there, right? You know, he's really helped elevate the company as best as he can, but he's also a business guy. And if WWE knocks on his door, especially now that Vince isn't there, I think it'd be different if Vince was still around. But with Triple H there, um, I assume that Jericho and Triple H have some sort of good relationship now. Uh, I I could see a scenario where Jericho comes back, does his final year at WWE or whatever, and he rides off into the sunset. Samoa Joe also puts the TNT title on the line
0: against Wardlow. This has been another kind of long-term program. And since winning the face of the Revolution ladder match uh, last year, I don't believe Wardlow has even taken
1: a one-on-one loss uh, since then. Does that change here? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say Samoa Joe retains. I was actually kind of pissed that Darby Allen lost the belt so quickly to Samoa Joe. (laughs) So if Samoa Joe has just got the belt, this is like first or second title defense, you can take the belt off him, right? You could build this whole king of television thing. I think is great, right? So it's not going to be a five-star Luthez classic. It's not going to be anything like that. Ultimately, I think Joe retains the title. Now... Again, I would be shocked if he does it through, you know, like, underhand methods. He is the heel, but I just can't see Samoa Joe losing the title yet. And it should also be noted, actually, that
0: Joe is currently the ROH television champion as well. And they have a big show coming up over Mania Week, um, which I'm assuming he'll be defending at. Do you see this match as his... Like assuming that he loses the title here, the the TNT title, do you see this match as his exit from the AEW brand and working exclusively under the ROH banner?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I mean, like that would be a reason why you would have him lose. But again, you said it was at Mania Weekend, right? Yeah. Oh that's just coming up too. See that, again, that's a, that that's that's a really good point but I still think he's going to retain. Like, I, I think you're right. I think eventually he will become more of an ROH guy. I think that makes sense. That was his home. But I, I just I just feel it's a little too early for him to lose the belt. Now, again, if AEW is going to start doing this kind of stuff, okay, I guess. Just don't do it so much. It doesn't have to be the next pay-per-view. It could be like, you know, at, at, at like a, a big event, like a Fighter Fest or even some random Wednesday. Yeah. But I, I just think, this Sunday is too soon for Joe to lose. So we spoke
0: about the Texas death match earlier, and I guess it's a good thing for Moxley that this is not a first blood match. <laughs> he um, would
1: lose that for sure.
0: <laughs> I guess the most important question is who's supposed to be the baby face here?
1: It's funny you mention that because I I think... Are you a Batman fan? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Remember um the movie with the Joker? Yeah, Dark Knight, okay? Right at the end of the movie, when Batman runs away from Commissioner Gordon, and Commissioner Gordon is like tells his son, you know, he's the hero that we we don't want, but he's the hero that we need. That's John Moxley in AEW. He's the guy that you need for whatever situation. So, I think Mox is going to be the heel. He's going to wrestle as the heel in this one, but. This is going to be an ultraviolet match. And I again, even though I'm not the biggest gimmick match, this is actually the match I'm probably looking the most forward to. So how do you see this one going down, and where do you see each guy going after this? I, I got to believe Paige is going to win this match. I, it just seems to be the, the, the way that they've been booking it. Where it goes, though, I, you know what? like Sort of to your point, I wonder if Mox, Claudio, and Wheeler become more of a trios-type heel team, because it just seems that they've been going in that direction um and then they you know maybe they do challenge for that trio's title like you know like mentoring during this this show um adam page that's a whole other thing i'm not sure where he goes i i'm i'm curious to see where they where they go afterwards but like i mean again eventually you got you got to get page i personally think you got to get page back mentioned like i'm not saying he has to win the AEW title anytime soon, but I think you got to get him back into title contention. And uh, I think having like guys like him, guys like Ricky Starks, guys like Jungle Boy in that picture can only help MJF as a champion moving down the line.
0: I keep forgetting that there's also a tag title match on this show. Uh, it'll be the Gun Club defending against acclaimed Jared and Lethal and the team of Orange Cassidy in two thousand uh, much like the women's match, I have to ask, does
1: this need to be a four-way? No, absolutely not. We're kind of pissed that this is... We were pissed that it was a three-way, and then when it became a four-way, it was like... It, like, okay, number one, we were we were pissed when we found out it was okay. Number two, we were pissed that Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are in it just because we we're not Jeff Jarrett right. fans. And then number three, like... Orange Cassidy and Danhausen were like one of those teams that got put together. And you're telling me they beat, like, like, look, I'll even say Butcher and Blade, who are an actual tag team. Come right. on. <laughs> you know, and, and it's something that I've like really thought of over the last little while. And, and I mean, again, I hate to be negative on this because I like, you know, the good and everything. But like, okay, when AEW started, all right. You had the Young Bucks as champions. You had the Luchas as champions. You had Adam Page and Kenny Omega as champions. Okay? Now you've got, like, and with all due respect, I I don't mind the guns. You know, you had the acclaim, but man, like, swerving our glory, like, it it just feels like the tag team title has really sort of lost some prominence, and this was supposed to be a tag team. Well, it still is, but this is a tag team-heavy division, so... You know, I, I'm I'm having a problem with this match on a lot of levels. <laughs> I was just about to say, because
0: you stole some of my thunder, I was just about to go on a huge rant about this myself. <laughs> I get that you want to provide equal opportunity yeah, yeah. the company, but to me, it, it doesn't do the tag team championships a ton of justice to have them contested between three teams that wouldn't be considered among the elite in tag team wrestling. Minus acclaimed, of course, I think. But two of the teams are makeshift, uh, firstly, but they had an opportunity twice to add Top Flight, to add Aussie Open, uh, Butcher and Blade, as you mentioned, the Lucha Brothers, and then arguably two of the best teams in the world, in the Young Bucks and
1: FTR, were both noticeably yeah. absent from the Battle Royale. Yeah, so, well, uh, and again, like, the Bucks, I can kind of understand, the, the Bucks, I can understand, their trio champs, so I don't have a problem with that. Don't even get me started about FTR not being in this, so like... <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that whole FTR thing bugs me. I, I'm, yeah, like I could rant on about that forever. I'm disappointed. Like, this is probably the match I'm least looking forward to. Yeah, same, same. Uh, so
0: uh, rounding out the card, as I mentioned, we have the Iron Man match with, between M J F and Brian Danielson for the A W World Title. Uh, Before I get to your thoughts on the match, I've got to ask, you've been pretty critical about MJF lately. Um, At what point did you turn the corner, and what is it about him that has been turning you off lately? So
1: so I am not going to deny that he is very good on the mic, okay? I'm also not going to deny, like we talked about Adam Page being underrated in the ring. I think MJF's even more underrated because, like, he's not, like, again, he's not like a, a flyer. He's not like, you know, like a technician or anything like that, but he puts on really good matches. Like I remember, um, and I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but he was in an opener with Darby Allen. I think it was last year or two years ago. Right. Easily match of the night. Very good match. Okay. So okay. I am not knocking his talent as a wrestler. My problem with MJF is that it's just too much now. So like for the last month or whatever, he'll come out and he'll cut like a 10 to 15 minute promo and like he's very good, but I don't need to see MJF cutting 10 to 15 minute promos, uh, every week, once every couple weeks, I'm cool with that. And I think that's my problem with MJF. And then like lately too, some of his promos have gotten to be a little too forced as a heel. Like when he was, you know what? Okay, sorry, not six months ago. He wasn't even with the company at the time. But like when he was starting out doing his heel promos, they felt natural. But now, like the last few promos about like you know talking to Danielson's kid and the one about the car wreck, it was just like it's too right. much. It's too long, and it's now like it's almost like he's trying. He's he's trying to be a heel.
0: Yeah.
1: Instead of just being one, I made a comment like on the board yesterday that MJF came out did one of his best segments yesterday or wednesday on dynamite reacted to danielson you know what i mean and like like this is why like again i think mjf has all the talent in the world but if he it sometimes it's overkill and and right. you just got to go hey relax a little bit Do a 10 to 15 minute promo every time you know what come out you know sit, come out and say hey You suck. I'm better than you. You know what? I'll see a revolution. That's it. I don't need to see it, like, every week uh, JF. And that's, like, that's when I started, like, sort of, like, turning on him, because it was just too much, and I couldn't handle it. Yeah, like, he's not somebody that needs to be grabbing at
0: low-hanging fruit, I think. He's not somebody that should be taking the cheap heat. Um, at, yep. Especially at this point, because people know he can talk already, and like, yep. like I, I get your point in that sense. Uh, given the Iron Man stipulation, though, do you kind of
1: envision some kind of non-finish, or are you expecting a decisive winner here? Personally, and again, my my 100% just my opinion, me fantasy booking, so take it for what you will. I I, I think what happens is MJF gets the early pin, like early, you know, pins. Later on in the match, Danielson ties it up, and then the last like. Five ten minutes. It's Danielson trying everything, throwing everything at the kitchen sink at MJF to try to get that win. Um, But MJF escapes, uh, and uh, I think it's going to be. I think it'll be a tie, but MJF wins because you know champion retains on a on a draw, right?